woman's carrying is not a bottle. I, and I'm not going to stand behind that thing. You guys got to see me in a suit and listen to me spout last night, and I want this to be a little bit more of an intimate setting. I want to talk to you about sponsorship, and, and by definition, that brings in intimacy. We're adult children of alcoholics. We don't know how to have intimate relationships. And by having a sponsorship relationship, we get to practice what it's like to be close with someone, risks with someone, to have a new kind of a relationship with someone. And so for me, the sponsorship relationship has been a place where I've gotten to practice. Now, how many in here have sponsors? Okay. How many in here are sponsors? Okay. Um, I, I did a, a workshop on sponsorship a couple weeks ago, and it was entitled, Have a Sponsor, Be a Sponsor. And, and I frankly would have, if they'd asked me, but they didn't, um, I would have said, get a sponsor, use a sponsor, have a sponsor, be a sponsor. There's a lot to it. Um, who in here has absolutely no idea what a sponsor is? Anybody? All right, cool. Would anybody like to have the question, what in the world is a sponsor, answered? Yes? Okay, good. Um, I was hoping you'd ask. And I'm hoping you'll ask questions because I really don't want this to be just about me. Um, I would like some input from you, and, and certainly if it's just questions, that's fine. And if I make you nervous by walking around, tell me to stand still. It's okay. Um, for me... Uh, sponsorship is essentially two things in terms of what I do or what gets done for me. One of them, of course, from what you heard last night, is we go through the steps together. Um, the 12 steps, as I said last night, are not meant to be done by ourselves. They're not meant to be done in our heads. And by definition, in some places, they have to be done with someone else. Um, in, in the AA Big Book, Bill says that when you get ready to do your fifth step, you should do it with your sponsor, but you may not necessarily do it with your sponsor. And I tend to disagree with that. And I say that by the time you've done an inventory, hopefully you've had a relationship with a sponsor for a little while and you feel safe. The fifth step's a big deal. You need to feel safe. So the first thing that a sponsor does is work through the steps with someone. And, and that would preferably mean that your sponsor has worked the steps. Um, it's awfully hard to take someone through the steps if you have no experience having done it. Um, so, and the way I approach it is very simply this. Um, as I said last night, you don't have to do the steps to be a member of Al-Anon. I think it's a really good idea to do it because you get that much more out of your program. Um, but you don't have to. So what I tell the guys that I sponsor is, that's one of the things that I do. And when you ask me, can we start working on the steps, I'll say, yes, of course. Would you like me to tell you how I would like you to work the first step? And hopefully the answer is yes. And then I say, off we go. Um, I am not one of those guys that says you have to work the steps or else. I'm not one of those guys who says, isn't it about time that you get to that four step? I tell people that I sponsor that I am a tool, like any other tool in your toolbox. If you need a hammer, you will go to your toolbox and pick up a hammer. If you have Al-Anon literature, you will either pick it up or not. I do not fire sponsees, and I really don't criticize or fire sponsees if they're not working it right or if they're not working it fast enough. So the steps happen at the way and pace that my sponsees choose to have them worked. But working the steps is one of the most important things about being a sponsor to me. The other thing that I do with people that I sponsor, the other role of a sponsor is when your hair is on fire and your ass is falling off, call me up and we'll talk it through. One of the hardest things about working through issues is that I have so much emotional energy attached to what she just said to me that I can't clearly see what my choices are. I sat in the workshop last night about letting go or being dragged, about bumper shining or whatever in the world it was, and I thought, you know what, the main difference in my head about bumper shining and the way I live my life is that in bumper shining, I'm pretty clear that I have a choice to let go. But in my life, with my daughter, with my fiancé, with my job, with my now-widowed mother, I don't know that I have a choice. So the powerful example we had this morning, God bless you, Ellen, for taking the pronouns out, that's the kind of thing that I use my sponsor for. That's the kind of thing that I offer to the men that I sponsor. So those are the two things that a sponsor does in my mind. Now, here's the little secret. What happens while we're doing that is that we're developing a relationship. It's getting safe for you to come and call me. Particularly when I've told you, I'm not going to fire you. 
particularly when I've told you, by the way, I am routinely going to tell you I love you at the end of our conversations. I will hug you when I see you. And I will tell you that I'm going to be your biggest fan. So we're developing a relationship. We're getting safe. We're getting some intimacy. For those of us that are adult children that didn't really get that when we were growing up, it's a really healing thing. For me, as I told you last night, I got to learn how to mend the relationship that I had with my father. I got to learn how to put aside my resentments about the way I was treated as a kid or the way I was treated as an adult by him and treat him in a way that was dignified and appropriate so that when he passed, I had a good feeling about the relationship we had and the way I had treated him at the end. So that's another of the things that happens along the way. That's what a sponsor is to me. Now, um, anybody have any questions about how to pick one? Ah, okay. You have a specific question about that? Go ahead. What do you mean by work your program? Okay. I, I like that question. What does it mean to work your program? Um, here's, here's what it means to me to work your program. Go to meetings. Have a sponsor and use that sponsor. Do some kind of service. Read the books. Pray. Sometimes work your program means just acknowledge that you're a member of Al-Anon. One of the things that I think is really important about this program is, and we were talking about it in the last couple of days, I never want my recovery to be a bludgeon that I can use to perpetuate my disease. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that I have a tendency to view my behavior, to view myself with shame and guilt and remorse. Oh, I'm such a horrible person. How could I possibly be worthy of this relationship, of this job, of anything good? Then I get into Al-Anon, and I'm trying to make that better. And what do I do? I judge my recovery. God, I'm not working in a very good program. Oh, God, I should know better with all this time. Here I am telling these men that I sponsor, la, la, la. So, working my program can mean any one of a number of things at any given moment. Um, I think that going to meetings is really important because I like the idea of sitting in a room and hearing other people talking about doing the things that I've done, feeling the way that I've felt, and then telling me how they've gotten out of that. I like the sense of, of community. I like the sense of safety. I like the unconditional love. In any given meeting, there's going to be people that I really can't stand, but the meeting as a whole, I know there's a sense of love there. I came into program, and I was not particularly a, a supportive, warm member of Al-Anon, but what I was told consistently was, keep coming back. And that's what happens when I go to meetings. Hopefully, I get a relationship with a sponsor that's very much like that. My sponsor one time told me, we have to talk. He asked me to come over to his house, and he'd never done that. Which reminds me, let me tell you a little story. I heard a guy say at a, at a meeting one time, he said, you know, I had a sponsee bitching and moaning at me. How come I always have to call you? How come you never call me? And he said, son, because I don't want what you have. <laughs> at any rate, um, it's important for me to develop a relationship with a sponsor where I know that He's going to love me unconditionally. So my sponsor calls me, has me come over, and he says, you know, one of the members of that Friday night meeting we go to told me that he wasn't going to go to the election meeting, the business meeting where we elected new members, because he knew exactly what was going to happen. He said, I'll tell you what's going to happen. He said, Josiah is going to sit back, and if nobody says anything, he's going to volunteer people for service positions, or maybe he'll volunteer for a position himself. And those Timid little Alanons will sit back and say nothing, and rather than wait for them to develop this thing organically, he's going to jump in and run the show. And he said, Josiah, you know what I saw happen two weeks ago at that business meeting? Exactly that. And you know what's happened in the two weeks since? That guy's long gone. He said, you can't do that. I was mortified. I was angry. I thought about firing him, but I didn't. And I was eventually able to see, A, that he was right, damn him, and B, that he still loved me anyway, and he wanted the best for me. I have since stopped going to that meeting for a lot of reasons. But the point is that I had developed a relationship with that man to the point where he could tell me, in very blunt terms, what I was doing wrong. And I was able to hear it because we had developed that kind of relationship. Any other questions about picking a sponsor? Yes. Why is he going to 
Okay, the question is, I've, I've been going for a while. Nobody's really ringing my bell. Nobody seems to have the kind of experience. What's the appropriate timeline that I should have someone? Um, one of the things that's important for me um, in my Al-Anon recovery is to find some balance between, oh, my God, I really should be doing this better, and, wow, don't put any pressure on me. So my best answer to that is there's no guideline. You know, all of this stuff, everything that Al-Anon offers you is offered to you as a way of making your life better. Do it sooner than later, unless you're saying, mm, I just can't decide. Um, something that's not talked about a lot that I really like, um, especially for people in your position, is, you know what? Get a temporary sponsor. Asking someone to sponsor you is not like getting a tattoo. It's just not. And if you specifically say to someone, I don't have a sponsor, I'm new to the program, would you be my temporary sponsor, specifically gives you the permission to say, after a week, a month, a year, however long, thank you very much for your I'm moving on now. And hopefully, hopefully, pray to God, the person that you've asked to sponsor you has enough recovery that when, they come, when you come to them and say, wow, thanks so much, I think I'm moving on, they'll get over it. Now, I'll tell you, I've been, I've been fired by sponsees. It happened about six months ago most recently. And I know the guy that he now has sponsoring him, and I know that that man told him, you better go tell your last sponsor that he's being fired. And he did it, and it hurt my feelings, and I said, fine, you're not working a very good program anyway. <laughs> and the damnedest thing has happened. My relationship with that man is better today than it ever was. And he seems like he's getting better, and I think that sponsor's a better fit for him. And in the meantime, guess what? I got lots of guys to sponsor. So, uh, you know, it, it's fine. But at any rate, it doesn't have to be perfect. It does not have to be perfect. I like to say that if you're not walking around with the best damn sponsor and program, get a new sponsor. You need to feel like you're working with the best person you can. But at the same time, you have to understand that it's your program. It's your recovery. And if that particular tool that you chose doesn't seem to be working out, please move on. In the years that I've been in recovery, I've gone without sponsors. I'm not going to do that. You know the ism in alcoholism? Who knows what that stands for? I sponsor myself. Not a good idea. If we had been able to figure this stuff out ourselves, why are we here? Please. This is not a figure-it-out-by-yourself proposition. So... Please get someone. And if the meeting you're going to doesn't seem to have someone, knock yourself out and go to another meeting. It's just really important to establish a connection um, and, and sort of take a risk. So I, I recommend that you go to a meeting and I hope you hear somebody say something that rings a bell with you. Um, with any luck, you're going to a meeting and you're seeing someone week after week and you're hearing them talk about their story. Uh, I know in my home group there are a lot of men who have been around the program for decades and they talk about what it was like when their wives were in active alcoholism and what they were like when that happened. They've talked about working the steps with the sponsor and how their relationships have evolved. And I hear that and I say, wow, that guy was there? I recognize those feelings. And now he's here. He seems like he's serene and he's got some solutions. That kind of stuff appeals to me. So I hope that you can hear someone who says something that makes sense to you, that resonates with you. I hope you hear somebody saying that they have a sponsor and they've worked the steps. But like I say, if all else fails, call someone and say, can we try this on for a minute? I just like the idea of starting the process. I've been without sponsors. I don't recommend it. I've had sponsors die, and I've said, wow, nobody could replace Peter. So I went without again. Not a good idea. Um, at this point, I know that if something were to happen to my sponsor, I would get a new one immediately, at least as a temporary. So any other questions about that first part, about getting a sponsor? Yes? Right. I, I, there's actually two questions in there. One of them is, how come I keep seeming to 
pick people who are unavailable either geographically or otherwise. And then the other one is, what do I do when I'm the guy who's been around a while and I want someone who is ahead of me? Um, the first one is an interesting one because I think, <laughs> I think we Al-Anons have a radar. And I'll tell you what, if there's somebody that we're attracted to, they're probably broken and or unavailable. And so, you know, for me, it's a matter of, you know what, don't stop. There's nothing wrong with you. Just keep trying. Call somebody. Ask somebody, will you be my sponsor? And frankly, here's how I feel about it. Um, as a sponsor, I tell my guys, call me anytime. If I can answer the phone and spend some time with you, I will pick up immediately. If not, please leave me a message. I will call you back as soon as I can. Typically, it's the same day. Sometimes it's the next day. I will always call you back. If it's really important and your hair is on fire, your ass is falling off, call me a second time. That second phone call will tell me that it's urgent or send me a text. And if I can possibly, I will call you back. I hear stories of people say, I called my sponsor and I didn't hear back from him and it's happened more than once. And my feeling is, I don't know who it's worse with. Shame on the sponsor or shame on the sponsee. Fire that sponsor. There are plenty of us around, and I, I can't imagine with the way you guys put this thing on that there aren't plenty of people in this program up here who would be more than happy to work with you. Because my recovery comes from reaching out and working with you. The only reason I have anything to offer is because I've offered it to you, and it's been offered to me. So that's the first piece of it. Don't quit. It's them, not you. The second one is, what about the guy who's, or the lady who's been around a while? I mean, I, my sponsors have always been sort of father figures. My sponsor's been around the program 25 years. He's 77 years old. He's got this great gray streak of hair. And, and that works for me. But there's going to come a point when I'm not going to be able to find a guy older than me. <laughs> Rapidly approaching point, right? And I will tell you that I sponsor men who are both older than me and who have more time than me. And I think it is an incredible act of courage and humility to ask someone who's got less time than you and who is younger than you. They don't have to be a parent. They don't even necessarily have to know more. They just have to have some distance, some emotional distance from what you're going through. And some experience, I hope, with the program. You know, guys that I sponsor will call me up and say, man, somebody asked me to sponsor them. I say, great. They say, I don't think I'm ready. I say, are you at least one step ahead of them? Yes? Okay, good. Rock and roll. Nothing will kick drive your program more than somebody asking you to help them work theirs. So I, that's my answer to that one. It's a hard one. I know the day is going to come when I'm going to have to ask some young whippersnapper to sponsor me. It's going to kill me. But I'm going to do it because it's important. So any other questions about that beginning part? No? What about the transition part? Oh, you do have a question. Yes, ma'am. Like this. Juggle the balls near. You can only sponsor one guy at a time. And what I'll tell you is that for me, first of all, for me, my commitment to my recovery is such that I'm going to make as much time as I can. Because what I know is that the more I put into my program, the more I get out of my life. Um, so, yes, I sponsor whatever three dozen guys. But I'm not sponsoring them all at once. They certainly don't all call me all the time. And let me assure you, they don't all work steps. So, you know, it, it's actually not that hard. I put aside most of my Saturdays to meeting with them, and we just go one-hour increments throughout the day. I'll meet with four or five or six of them. I get 10 or 15 calls a day. I make time because it's important to me. But really, there's only one guy being sponsored at any given moment. Um, so I make time, which is actually a nice segue. Anybody have questions about being a sponsor they want to throw out? So let's go back to this question of getting a sponsor. Anybody else interested in getting? Oh, my God, what's wrong with you? She's never been asked to be a sponsor. Oh. Well, that must be the answer. You've never been asked to be a sponsor. I'll tell you what. Before I started sponsoring people, before I started speaking, I thought that the two coolest things that could ever happen to me would be for someone to ask me to sponsor them and to be asked to speak. And you know what? I was right. They are cool. But, but what I've really had to do is something that I think Barb talked about this morning, and that is I've got to check my motives. 
Because if I'm sponsoring people because it makes me cool, if I'm sponsoring people because it somehow suggests that my program is good, then I'm all wrong. If I think that being asked to speak somehow makes me better, I'm screwed up because that's not the point. The point of the program is for me to recover from the effects of the disease of alcoholism. And what I'll tell you is that not everybody sponsors, not everybody does service, not everybody puts on festivals. And, you know, when you read either AA or Al-Anon literature, when it talks about the 12th step and carrying the message, um, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, or it's the 12 and 12, I think, it talks about sometimes the best way to carry the message is just to sit in a meeting and be a member. Um, especially in Al-Anon, where some of us, some of you, I don't do this much. <laughs> some of us have a tendency to be sort of quiet and sit back and, and be a little less out there. Um, if you're not putting yourself out there, people won't know. Now, me, obviously, I'm pretty vocal. And so I, I you know, I, I talk about my opinions. Who was talking about having opinions this morning? Um, I, I sit in my home group meeting next to my sponsor all the time and tell him, Carl, I have an opinion. And that usually means I don't like what's happening or what's being said. I said, Today, I'll keep it to myself, but I have an opinion. But at any rate, I don't think that it means that you're not working a good program or that you can't get everything possible out of your program if you're not being asked to sponsor. And maybe it's just a question of it hasn't happened yet. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's way more important to me that you tell me you have a sponsor than that you've never been asked to be a sponsor. Okay. 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 There are people out there. There are people out there who have time and willingness to be a sponsor or qualified to be a sponsor. One of the things we'll do right before we wrap up is I'm going to ask the people who don't have a sponsor to stand up, and I'm going to ask the people who are willing to be a sponsor to stand up, and maybe you guys can talk for a minute. And just practice. Just try it on. So any other questions about picking one? Yes. That is so cool. What if I pick a Nazi? What if I were to tell you that a relationship requires two people to be in it? What if I were to tell you that if you picked that person and they really were a Nazi, you could say, thanks so much for your time. I'm moving on. I mean, I think a beautiful thing about Al-Anon is that it's teaching us that we're adults. You know, there somewhere... I don't know if it's right now or not, but somewhere there's a meeting going on that says, are we victims or are we volunteers? Okay? It's like people saying, oh, man, I was in this telephone. She called me, and, we were, and she was screaming at me, and it went on for a half an hour. And I said, really? Why did it go on for more than five minutes? A, a telephone is a two-way instrument. Same thing with, with a sponsorship relationship. If it's not working, end it. That's part of why sponsorship is so important, because we're learning here where it's safe how to be an adult in relationships. If I were to come to you and say, man, my sponsor is insane. I have to call him three times a day. I have to do five pages of step work every day. And he wants me to go to a meeting and have service commitments. And I went on and on like that. What would you tell me? Why is that man your sponsor? So you're right. You might find a nut. Or you might find someone who's completely unqualified. Or you might find any one of a number of things. But there's a room full of people here. And I guarantee you there's probably a couple of dozen who would say, sure, I'll be your sponsor. I can do that. But go through all of them if you have to. You'll find someone. The other thing that I think is important that I needed to learn about the sponsorship relationship, and, and I gave you probably the best example of when I had to practice that, is that I need to stay in for a minute. You know, as a sponsor... I do that thing that Carl did to me a lot. Guys will call me up. La, 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 la. Did you notice, by the way, that there's been three speakers so far in this festival? And the one thing that we've all said is, la, 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 la. 
Barb said that this morning, and I went, God, Ellen said it, I said it, she said it. Alan, on and on and on and on. Anyway, my guys call me up, and I will tell them. I will tell them. You'll hear in Alan, on, we don't give advice. What I tell the guys I sponsor is, I will say things that sound an awful lot like advice. We don't give advice in Alan, on, but I'm sure going to tell you my opinion. But here's what I expect out of you as a sponsee. I expect you to be an adult participant in this. I expect you, if it's necessary and appropriate, to say, Josiah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think I agree with you. I don't think I can do that. That's part of the healing of relationships. I sponsor one guy. He's a double winner. He's been sober for over 20 years. He grew up in a terrible alcoholic home. That This guy is just so absolutely Al-Anon. His picture is next to the definition in the dictionary. And he and I go back and forth, and I'll tell him, Paul, you can't do that. And he'll tell me sometimes, you know what, Josiah, I'm not willing to do it a different way yet. And I'll say, all right, Paul, that's fine. And that's what I want to hear from him. And then eventually he'll come around to my way because I'm right. <laughs> and just say, wow, I tried it your way for a minute. I think you might be right. But there's, So there's two things about it. On one extreme, you've got to be willing to let go of an unhealthy relationship. On another extreme, sometimes the sponsorship relationship is uncomfortable because you're hearing truths about yourself and your life that you've been avoiding for 40, 50 years, right? That's, that's my truth. So sometimes I just need to stay in and know that although it feels like I'm being criticized, although it feels like it's unfair, it's usually something I need to look at. So what else about getting one? Anything? Anybody have any questions about using one? Oh, I love that question. That was asked of me uh, one-on-one this morning. Do some people have more than one sponsor? Yes. The short answer to that question is yes. Um, I think that when I sponsor guys who are in other programs, it's important for them, if they're really working that other program, to have a sponsor in that other program. Um, I may not have the expertise in OA or DA or some of these other programs to be able to really help. When it comes to having multiple sponsors in one program, however, I have a bit of an issue. Now, I've actually heard the term here today, and I hear it down home too, and that is some people talk about having a service sponsor. And that is because serving in Al-Anon at the district level and above is so sick that you need a separate sponsor for it. I'm sorry, it's just the hardest thing in the world for an Al-Anon especially. Your head will explode if you don't have a service sponsor. Other than that, I think typically it's a good idea to have one sponsor. And here's why. Because I will call my sponsor up with a difficult issue about, say, about her. There's a good example about her. And I'll say, ah, la, 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 here's the problem. And he'll suggest, well, maybe you want to do this. And a lot of times that's something I don't want to do. I'm afraid of it. Or I'm too angry. Or I'm too invested in my position. If I had a second sponsor... I'd be awfully tempted to call that other sponsor and say, you know what, Bill, a la 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 la, and see if I could shop for a better opinion. And frankly, if your one sponsor is not good enough, maybe you need to look at that relationship and decide if you couldn't get a better single sponsor. And, and for me, I barely have enough time to work with the one sponsor I've got. Which reminds me of another great story. So I'm standing at, the, it was great for me anyway, you may not think so. And it's all about me. So I'm standing in front of a group about this size doing this sponsorship workshop, and I'm very gratified to see in the audience several of the men that I sponsor and my sponsor. And so I liberally referred to both the men that I sponsor and my sponsor as I stood up there and said, really important to work the steps with a sponsor, and here's what you do, blah, blah, blah. And we finish. I get a nice round of applause. I get hugs and thanks. My sponsor comes up to me, hugs me, thanks me, says, boy, that was great. He says, Josiah, by the way, what step are you on? We had to talk about that. We're going to have a meeting pretty soon. So what about questions about using a sponsor? Yes. How much contact should you have? Um, here's what I tell the men that I sponsor about that. Call me. Call me. It's a really good idea to check in. Here's what I do with my sponsor, and I've been doing it for years. Wednesdays at 6 o'clock Pacific time, I'm on the phone to my sponsor. Sometimes Wednesdays at 6 o'clock will come Thursday afternoon. I went, oh, shoot, I forgot. Most of the time, 90% of the time, it's Wednesdays at 6 o'clock. And here's why. He told me about two years ago. He said, you know, Josiah, you're working a good program. Your life seems to be together. You don't have to call me every week. (laughs) I 
said, are you out of your mind? Of course I have to call you every week. I need to be accountable. And here's what happens for me. Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, most of the time, I'll go, oh, Wednesday at 6 o'clock, I'll pick it up. And then, when the phone is ringing for the first time in a week, I think about what's going on and how I feel and how I've behaved. I need to contact my sponsor on a regular basis to make sure that I stay accountable. The disease of alcoholism is marked by denial, and it's not just the drinker who's in denial. It's us. We could not survive with those alcoholics if denial didn't work really well in our lives. So it's really important for me to make contact with a guy that I know and who knows me and stay in contact with them on a regular basis. What I tell the men that I sponsor is that, call me. Just call me. My phone is always on. When I'm sleeping, it's not in the same room, but it's always on. And I have guys that call me every day. One of my little isolator sponsees who likes to run and hide now has to call me every morning on his way into work. And a lot of times it's just, I'm on my way to work. I don't really want to go, but here I am. Cool, Conrad, good to hear from you. And that's it. Others of my sponsees call in once a week because I've told them the story about how I talk to my sponsor. Others of my sponsors, uh, sponsees are really inconsistent and it varies wildly. What I'll tell you is that in addition to Wednesdays at 6 o'clock, sometimes my hair's on fire, my ass is falling off, and it's, Carl! You know, when my alleged girlfriend disappeared last week and it really hurt my feelings, I took it very personally. She's out saving horses from wildfires, and yet it was about me. So... God bless. You know I need a sponsor. So I called him and said, Carl, she's blah, 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 blah. She's MIA. I'm feeling abandoned. Poor me. So I called him then. Um, the should thing I think you have to answer for yourself, as you do with so many of the things in our program, whose rule is it? It needs to be yours. What works best for you? Um, and, and like I said, if you're working steps, then great. Josiah, I finished my first step. Can we meet? Because on, on the step work, with most of them, it involves writing. And when the weather's nice, which is most of the time down there, it involves sitting on the deck in my backyard, throwing a tennis ball to a dog, and in between, talking about what you've written. Um, it, it, like I said, it's enough to be able to have contact, to be accountable, so that we both know what's going on in your life. I sponsor a couple of guys long distance. And I talk to them on a regular basis. The step work will get emailed and we'll talk over the telephone about it. And it can be done as long as we're both committed to staying in touch. What else about using a sponsor? Yes. <laughs> the blueprint. My favorite. Sure, sure. So the question is, when I have a sponsor, how, how is the step work structured? And the specific question was, <laughs> I have the blueprint for progress. When I sponsor people, when they're new, when they haven't had a sponsor before, I say, when you're ready to start doing some step work, let's talk. If it's somebody that's new or hasn't had sponsorship for a while, hasn't been around for a while, is coming from another program, I suggest that we start at the first step. Because, as I said last night, for me, the first step is where I define the problem. Why in the world are you here? What are we working on? What needs to get fixed? So my answer is, if you don't have a sponsor and you're sitting there with the blueprint for progress going, cool, I'm ready, what I say is, okay, but that's the fourth step. How about we do the first three first? Now, it doesn't have to take long, but the idea is that there's 12 of them and they're numbered. And you, you do them in order, because one follows another. And preferably you do them with someone who's done them. Now, when it gets to, let me answer the specific question, when it gets to the fourth step, many times I will tell the men that I sponsor, I have preferences, I have opinions, but you can do the fourth step any way you want to. So if you want to try the blueprint, rock and roll. If you want to try some other format, good, let's do it. And especially if it's a new one, I'm more than happy to let you be my guinea pig. Because if there's another, better, different way to do it, I want to know. If you were to ask me, Josiah, I want to do a four-step, what do you recommend? Most of the time, not always, most of the time I say, would you be interested in trying the four-column method out of the big book? It's been the most successful for me and the men I sponsor. 
So you'll develop a relationship with a sponsor, and you'll talk about that. And whatever seems right for the both of you, cool. One of the things that I, I just have to stress again and again is that it's your program. Always make sure you understand that it's your program. Your sponsor has more experience and is going to guide you through some things, but it's your program. It's like hiring a plumber. The plumber knows more about pipes than you do, but it's your house. So you're not going to just blindly do what the plumber says. We're going to replumb that damn thing with copper throughout and give you new toilets, sinks, and faucets. How about that? And you're going to say, I'm sorry, but I only have a leaky faucet. So make sure that you always understand that it's your program. What else about using a sponsor? Anybody? Nothing else? So you're all set? Ready to go? Rock and roll? Okay, you expand on that. She says it's important to lay down boundaries. What do you mean? In this context, right? In the sponsor-sponsee context? As a sponsor or as a sponsee? Okay. Give me, give me an example. As a sponsee, what, are, what do you mean as a, a setting down boundaries with your relationship with your sponsor? Right. Okay. Okay. I, I, yeah, I understand the point. I know someone uh, who sponsors people in AA and in Al-Anon, and she has a little pitch that she gives to new sponsees. She says, I am not your friend, I am not a hotel, and I am not a bank. Now, that might be okay for AA sponsees. I don't give a pitch like that because <sighs> men coming into Al-Anon especially are a little bit fragile. And if I started telling them things that I'm not, I'd be reluctant because I think it would have a tendency to create a distance. Um, you're right. There does. That's very true. There is a risk of becoming enmeshed. That's very true. And that's actually related to the point we made over here about making sure that we're both adult participants in the relationship. Um, what I do is... I tell men that I'll answer the phone when I've got the time. I gave you the example last night about making a commitment to conversations with my father where I didn't have to call him all the time, but if I was going to call him, I'd better be committed to spending some time with him. And so when I've got guys that I sponsor that I know are going to call Tuesday at 6, I better be clear till about 6.30 with this one guy in particular. So I've got that boundary set up very clearly. And I'll tell you frankly, out of the three dozen or so people that I sponsor, some of them I'm much closer with than others. Um, depending upon how our relationship works. But you're absolutely right. Um, we've got to make sure that we're clear about the fact that it, it, there are limits on it. And it's really hard for me. I go to my home group. There's 100 guys, and I sponsor a bunch of them in that meeting. And sometimes guys want to buttonhole me and take me off, and I want to say hello to you know 75 other guys. So you're right. There, there does have to be uh, an issue of boundaries on both sides. And that, again, I think is a great example of how we practice relationship skills in this context where we can make mistakes and know that it's okay. You had a question, Richard. Right. Right. I, that's a good point. And that, Richard's point, if you didn't hear it, is to have sort of an expectation-setting discussion at the beginning and make sure that, a la the fifth tradition, we are clear about what our primary purpose is. What I know, though, is especially in the relationships I have with sponsees that have gone on for years, is that no matter what I may have told them five years ago, you know, things progress and we forget things. And so I occasionally have conversations with men that I sponsor that go something like, you know, you haven't been very available to me. I'm wondering if I've done something wrong or I don't feel like I'm getting enough of your time or uh, can we redefine the terms of our relationship? And so, again, we get to practice being grown-up adults who can look each other in the eye and say, I think we need to talk about this. Um, I've got one guy that I sponsor who, who came to Al-Anon from DA and hadn't really worked steps or been with a sponsor, and he asked me to sponsor him, and he kind of fumbled about for a while and then disappeared which is a really common trait. You know, Al-Anon men, I don't know if you women do it, but Al-Anon men are isolators like crazy, and guys will disappear for months. That's another answer to the question of how do you sponsor that many guys. Well, guys will disappear for a long time. 
And he came back and said, can we meet? We sat down on that deck in my backyard and he talked about how he was feeling inadequate and uncomfortable and like he wasn't worthy of the relationship and he wanted to try to improve the terms of it. And I said, look, I'm always here for you. Call me up. Let's, let's do what we can. And our relationship has truly transformed since then just because we had a very clear conversation about, of course, I want you in my life. Of course, I, I will spend time with you. Of course, you're adequate. And no, you don't have to prove anything. So any other thoughts about that part of it? What about that ongoing relationship? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I hope that nothing that I've said here, no matter how strong my opinions are, it, it has led you to believe that I think that there's a, a right or a wrong way. There's ways that work for me, um, and there are other ways. And, and the example that was given here, if you could hear it, was, wait a minute, I'm an adult child. And as much as you say this should be an adult relationship, I frankly needed to be told, you will do this or else. Um, and that does work. You know, what, what I absolutely acknowledge is that for as many of us as are in the room, there may be different styles of working a program, um, and, and no one is right. Um, and so if you found yourself in need of that kind of clear-cut direction and you found someone willing to give it, then that's all that matters is that you found a relationship that works. For me, because that's not my default setting, I tell the men that I sponsor, I'm not going to do that unless you talk to me and tell me that that's what you want. I will happily set deadlines and requirements. I've got one sponsor who said, we need to have a talk because I'm not working my program to my satisfaction. My life is not where it should be. And I said, well, let's talk about that. What do you think you should do? Well, I think I need to go to the gym three times a week, go to meetings three times a week, be working on a step at any given time, and one other thing, dating or something. And, and um, yeah, God bless him. And, uh, and so that's what we've done, and he's checked in, and he's been accountable about it. I've got guys who are saying, man, I am not working that fourth step. I keep putting it off, and I said, let's talk about a time deadline. So you're absolutely right. My position is, um, I hope you will tell me, because that's not my default setting. And part of the reason for that is because I can't let my role as a sponsor help me perpetuate my disease, because I'm a know-it-all. I'm a control freak. I want to tell you what to do. My disease will absolutely flourish in my role as a sponsor. So I've got to be careful about that. I try to be clear about that with the men that I sponsor so that they know that I'm going to need them to help me with my recovery by having that voice. Any other contrary opinions? Yeah. So the point being made here is, first of all, I have a sponsor who tends to be a bit of a Nazi, and in instances where it's necessary, I'll say I disagree and I don't want to go along with that. That's not going to work for me. And she also says, in absolute disagreement with what I said before, um, that sometimes that sponsor isn't the person she wants to turn to, and she'll turn to someone else as if almost like a second sponsor, right? Now, does the first sponsor know about the second sponsor and vice versa? Okay. 
There you go. Exactly, exactly. And the nice thing about this example is that it's not doing the thing that I fear, which is shopping around for an opinion. It's going to a place where I feel safe. And I do that too. Sometimes I don't want to call up a sponsor in the middle of something and have them tell me, you should, you must, but you did. I just need to be able to vent that stuff. What I try to do with my sponsor is just to warn them up front, this is going to be a bitch fest, so don't tell me what to do. Right? And and so that's what I do. Richard? So again, the concept of, of going to more than one person, which under certain circumstances is good. I, my preference is no, because I, I think it's important for me at least to make sure that I'm accountable to one person. But maybe one person doesn't fill all needs. And, and frankly, if we're not here in al to get our needs fulfilled and to get some recovery behind some of our stuff, then what in the world are we here for? And, and certainly, you know, none of the things that I'm spouting here are hard and fast. You know, they're based on my experience. They're certainly based on my opinion, and, and that's just that. Take what you like and leave the rest, please. As long as, you know, my feeling is as long as you're getting something out of Al-Anon, as long as you think you're getting better, then by all means, you know, do the program the way that works for you. Uh, that's one of the things that I love about Al-Anon. You know, you listen to the way that those poor AAs have to do it. You know, they're told you better do this because if you don't, you'll drink, and if you drink, you'll die. So it's kind of an or else thing. And a lot of us don't like being threatened with that. I have a tendency to shut down. I have a tendency to, to isolate. So if it's working, by all means, work it. Uh, yeah, the, the question is, when I'm shopping for a sponsor, do I try to find a sponsor who has a similar background? Say if it's abuse, who, who's been through abuse and come through the other side. I think in an ideal world, yes, of course, you try to find a sponsor who's been there and gone through it and seems to have come out the other side, so that if you come in behind adult child issues, you get a sponsor who's worked through adult, adult child issues like you were talking about. If you come in because your daughter's a maniac, you know, maybe you're sponsored by someone whose daughter is or was a maniac. If it's the spouse, if it's her, you know, that's why I love my men's meeting because, you know, all my alcoholics seem to be female. God bless you. And so my men's meeting is full of guys recovering from you all. <laughs> so in an ideal world, sure, um, because, you know, you want to talk about those feelings. You want to talk about what you're afraid of. You want to talk about what the solutions are to come out of that. And so I think that's the best way. You know, if you don't immediately find someone, get a temporary sponsor. So we're just about to wrap up and being pulled off the stage. Any other last questions? Anybody else want to tell me I'm full of bull? Yes, back here. I'm sorry, you're in the dark. Come to the light, my son.
Sure, sure. And, and one of the things we do, the, the point is, what about people who are afraid to ask someone to sponsor them because they don't want to impose? God bless. Because I don't want to screw you up. I'm already screwed up enough myself. You'll come down with the sinking ship. Did I completely screw up the question? Oh. Well, I, oh, okay, interesting. I, I heard the question completely differently. What, what do I say to someone who doesn't think they're ready to be a sponsor? And my point is, I tell you what, you be one step ahead of them. Have you worked the first step? Good, cool. That's really all you need. Do you feel like you've gotten anything out of Al-Anon? Good, you're ready. And frankly, let's let the sponsee decide if there's not enough. I will tell you, I spend a lot of time on the phone with the men that I sponsor about their issues with the men that they're sponsoring. And what better way to learn how to be a sponsor than to do it? You know, somebody said earlier, we want to know how to do it already because we don't want to make ourselves look like fools doing something we don't know how to do. And my answer is, there were only two things we knew how to do when we were born, and everything else was learned, and the only way we ever learned it was by failing at it. One of the things that I hope I get out of my recovery is the willingness to try and fail and learn and try and fail and learn. So what I tell the guys that I sponsor who say I'm not ready to be a sponsor is, I'll tell you what, you said no that time, but I want you to say yes the next time, and you and me will work through it. So I think I'm out of time. Oh, you got, we got time for one more? Sure, apparently we do. I got a shrug instead of a no. Okay, first of all, the, the, the preface was questioned with, this might be a dumb question. There's, thank you. The only dumb question is the one that goes unanswered. And should we tell her that after she's not a newcomer anymore, we'll introduce her to the person who's in charge of Al-Anon? <laughs> no one's in charge, sweetheart. You are. It's your program. And so, you know, if you want, go up to somebody who seems to know what in the world they're talking about and say, hey, I don't understand sponsorship. I don't know who to ask. I will bet you money, if you ladies are like the ones that go to Al-Anon, where I come from, if, if you walk up to someone who says, I don't know about this sponsorship thing, you're going to get an arm put around your shoulder and say, come on, honey, let's talk. God bless you guys. Thanks so much. <laughs>